Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where Kyle Curtin takes you on an extraordinary journey alongside renowned multifamily real estate sponsors and syndication experts from every corner of the United States. We teach you how to harness the power of passive real estate investing and witness the transformation of your wealth building strategy. Let's create wealth together. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 127 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, I'm super excited to tell you guys the top five ways to stay at home as much as possible and self-managing your rental properties. So this is something that I've actively been on the journey of for a while, as well as, well as many of you guys. Um, you know, it's it's definitely if possible, and it's there are some things that I'm going to share with you today that will probably make it seem a lot more possible if you haven't done it yet or, um, you know, whatever your situation may be to be able to self-manage a couple rental properties or even more. I'm definitely not at the point yet where, um, you know, I'm kind of testing the waters on if it makes sense, more sense uh, from different perspectives to have a property manager step in and take over some of these things. Um, but these are some things that I've learned over the past uh, almost couple of years at this point, um, you know, from my building in Lemonster. And it's actually, uh, you know, kind of accelerated a bit as of recently because I've, you know, permanently changed my residence back, you know, moved back in with my parents and, um, you know, everything's all changed over. So that's just a rental property. And given, you know, the, the town that I grew up in is only like 35 minutes away from the property, but there's, there are some solid reasons why I wanted to make this episode um, especially because I'm living it at the moment too. And these are some things that I've come across very recently and, um, you know, I've been a lot of fun to implement and it's still essentially a workflow that I'm going to continue to, um, orchestrate, you know, as we pick up more properties and, you know, go larger and, and that type of thing. So let's jump right into it guys. So again, like I mentioned, and like it says in the title, there are five different Super awesome pieces of advice that I'm going to give you guys today um, to try to basically limit, you know, the requirement for you stepping on foot um, at any of your rental properties, you know, and uh, these lessons can definitely be applied in a lot of different settings. I'm curious how many people out there would consider doing this type of thing and implementing these um, you know, different options for an out-of-state property. Um, I don't know if I'm that daring at the moment, but then again, you never know. <laughs> but anyway, so let's jump right in, my friends. So the first way is absolutely online rent collection. Now, I mean, I feel like this one, it's 2023, should be a staple for anybody. Um, and yeah, the, the days of, you know, driving by the property to pick up the checks, hopefully not picking up cash. Hopefully you're not into that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm not judging you, but uh, definitely not my cup of tea, um, you know, from your tenants for rent every month or taking Venmo, like anything like that, like play the game the right way. But it is absolutely essential. I mean, literally like the first step 
in trying to, you know, essentially like step away and in, in a sense as much as possible is by having an online rent collection system. So I personally have used apartments.com for a while. It's completely free for both you and the tenants. Um, the only thing that the tenants do pay for if they choose is I believe if they pay their rent with a credit card, I think there's a crazy like 2% fee, which is freaking ridiculous. Um, or you can have them connect their bank account via like an ACH connection. Um, and then it just gets taken out like, you know, dollar for dollar, like 1700, 1700. Um, definitely, you know, advise that overpaying another freaking 2%, <laughs> especially with the rents in Massachusetts. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's an absolutely phenomenal software. There's a million and a half of them out there. I have only personally used apartments.com. I absolutely dig it. Um, it has served me extremely well. It's very easy for tenants to set up as well. Um, a while back, I set up a little SOP or a standard operating procedure to be able to email to tenants and be like, hey, like click this button, this button, this button, you know, put this here, you know, put this here, that type of thing to get it all set up, you know, and there are a lot of extra features in there as well. Like you can even create leases within apartments.com and that kind of thing. I personally have my own leases from Massachusetts um, that I definitely will not stray away from <laughs> when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, you know, kind of the some of the go to leases for, um, you know, for general transactions and and that type of thing. But anyway, so essentially, that's definitely the biggest one. Um, I absolutely love apartments.com. Not a sponsor, although if you guys want to talk. I'm open to it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? I, I think it's absolutely awesome. They don't have an app on your phone, which kind of stinks, at least for the uh, rental management side of it. There is an apartments.com app, like just for, you know, looking for apartments and that type of thing. Um, I should say as of October 24th of 2023, there isn't like a management app type of deal. Um, but yeah. So basically like you just log in, it also tells you, um, you know, it'll shoot you emails once in a while of, of certain things changing, like, Oh, you know, this tenant's lease is coming up too soon. Like, you know, what are you going to do? Um, and you also can look in the app as well and look on a per unit basis and see, you know, if the tenants started to put the payment through, I will tell you, and it's probably the same for the majority of the platforms, um, although I can't speak for every platform, but it does take anywhere from usually like three to like six-ish days, um, you know, for the payment to go from apartments.com into your bank account, which stinks. It is what it is. Something to keep in mind, um, you know, when you go through a platform like this, but yeah, um, you can actually tell like if the tenants started to put the payment through, if it's in processing, if it's being delivered, there's like an estimated delivery date. Um, you know, it'll give you like a little date and that type of thing. And it's good. You know what I mean? It's um, it's very user friendly for pretty much all types of people. Um, and there isn't really too, too much to it. And I think simplicity in this sense is, is a very good thing, um, especially more for tenants who you know, might be a little bit older, maybe, you know, a bit younger as well. Uh, and, and that type of thing, but I absolutely love it. Um, 
The other side of that, and this one's kind of like a little bonus tip in a sense, is to have an operating account. And this stuff might seem pretty simple, guys, but I definitely wanted to put it out there anyway, you know, and kind of put it on this list is basically having like this one central bank account where, you know, that links up to apartments.com, whatever your platform is, uh, you know, rents flow into it and your mortgage, PITI, as well as expenses, utilities, that type of thing flow out of it. Um, utilities that you're responsible for. Um and yeah, like it's it's a pretty solid way to be able to, you know, keep things organized. I did at one point try to implement profit first. Um, and it was a little bit over my head. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I forget who that book is by. Definitely check it out. It's an awesome book. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of a whole different model of essentially like paying yourself first and, and kind of like doing things differently and and that type of thing. I won't get into that today. But. Yeah. So basically like number one guys is definitely, um, keeping things online. You know what I mean? To jump into number two, this one is definitely Massachusetts specific. Um, I'm not sure there are definitely like other platforms out there that are responsible for this. Um, I'm not sure if there was a completely free one out there for every single state that you guys are living in that's outside of Massachusetts. Um, but basically you need to find a platform that manages security deposits. So although many of you guys know that Massachusetts is pretty asinine for lack of a better term, uh, you know, when it comes to managing security deposits and, um, there are a lot of very easy ways to be able to, you know, mismanage it like completely by accident. Um, you know, and, and essentially like not be able to use that type of thing if you get in like an eviction situation in court that type of deal there's a lot of ways to screw it up is what i'm getting at and to the point that and i i do not agree with this whatsoever guys but i am going to mention it um just because i thought it was interesting is i had an attorney a while back um a long long time ago probably probably like three or four years ago something like that at this point uh do like a webinar and tell everybody on there not to uh, take security deposits in mass because you're probably going to screw it up and just do it like a whole different way and first last and like some other you know type of account or something. I personally don't agree, but I thought it was a very interesting perspective. Um, but yeah, so the one for Massachusetts guys is called Z Deposit. It's another platform that's freaking awesome, completely free for both you as well as the tenants pretty easy to set up. Um, it essentially is ran through, uh, local credit unions. And I, I forget which bank mine is through. It might be through something like, like Norwood, uh, like some bank in Norwood or, um, I, I totally forget. I literally set it up like when I first bought the house, <laughs> like almost a couple of years ago now. Um, so it's been a little while, but it doesn't really matter, but basically it's completely free, very user-friendly, just like apartments.com is. You sign into a certain part, you know, set things up as well as your tenants sign into a certain part, set up their portion. There's logins that are issued and that type of thing to be able to access it, like that type of deal. And everything is managed from within. So basically, you don't have to have the headache of dealing with like monthly distributions and, you know, setting up all the crap that Massachusetts wants you to, you know, put together. I absolutely love it. 
Um, it's something that I'm going to continue using, especially going into, you know, six units and up, um, which we're already working on there, my friends. Um, definitely going to use the same systems actually throughout this whole entire list, um, you know, for the, you know, six family, eight family, 10 family um, opportunity. You know, we are actively marketing for those, by the way. <laughs> um, I, I won't get into that right now. But essentially, yeah, so security deposits, managing those, absolutely huge. Um, I can't speak for other states. Um, there are definitely many states out there that aren't as, uh, you know, tenant friendly as Massachusetts is and, and that type of thing um, and more in favor of the landlord. So there's, you know, probably a bunch of other ways to manage it uh, in that sense, but I can't really talk about that much. Um, Number three, my friends, is to find your team. So this is another one that um, may seem pretty simple and, and many of you guys may know, but again, you know, just one that I'm going to stick out there anyway. So to get you started, there are a couple key roles that you absolutely need to get you going. You know what I mean? Um and this even goes deeper than, uh, you know, what I'm going to tell you guys. And I, I won't really get into that part of it of like having like a maintenance guy, like paying, paying him a retainer for a couple of months of like taking calls and yada, yada, yada. Just found out recently that you could do that. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to get into that. But essentially, the team that you need to start you off is a handyman to be able to handle you know, some of those miscellaneous uh, maintenance, like tasks, like random things that, you know, get brought up throughout the course of, you know, owning your rental properties, just like weird situations, you know, like just kind of like um, things that like, you're not really sure who to like, who to call, uh, you know, or like some more like minimal, um, you know, type of tasks and that type of thing. A handyman is definitely going to be your person. I highly recommend having a couple of these guys or gals um, because I actually got burnt by one and I wasn't too thrilled about it. But um, essentially as well, you know, they may be like, you know, one man or woman shows, um, you know, maybe a couple people, that type of thing. So they might be, you know, running around to a lot of other landlords and clients and that type of thing. So it's good to have a couple of these folks. Um, next role is going to be an electrician. That one is pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> um, you know, anything past like tripping a breaker, you need somebody to be able to come on site and diagnose some of these issues. Um, because you definitely do not want to be dabbling with certain things, especially more than especially if you're up in the Northeast and, you know, we got like fuse boxes that are, you know, super freaking old. Most of the buildings are like between 50, 100, 150 plus years old. Um, you know, knob and tube wiring and that type of thing. There's a, a lot to pay attention to. Um, so an electrician, absolutely killer. Again, I recommend having at least a couple of these people, um, you know, to be able to uh, call or text when needed. That goes hand in hand with the plumber as well. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you never know when in the middle of the winter time, you're going to have a water heater blow up on you, leak all over the place. And, 
you need somebody to call for that. <laughs> uh, ask me how I know that. Um, but yeah, plumber is another absolutely key one. I mean, yeah, for, you know, service calls, but also for like, you know, if you're getting a water heater replaced, if you're having, um, you know, getting, uh, yeah, I mean, like other like appliances and, and that type of thing replaced or, or what have you. Um, you definitely need these guys, especially if you have gas. Um, but yeah, you also never know, you know, when a drain is going to get plugged and, um, you know, having a, uh, fella or I don't know what the, the feminine version of fella is. <laughs> um, but basically like having, uh, you know, someone there to be able to like, you know, respond to that inquiry from one of your tenants, um, you know, and go and unsnake the drain is absolutely key. So next person, uh, you have the handyman, electrician, your plumber, you need a person for uh, outside maintenance. So, you know, someone to cut the grass every, you know, a couple weeks or so, as well as uh, someone for snow to plow in the wintertime. These ones are absolutely key. Because you don't want to be the person that, you know, throws the snowblower in the, the back of your truck. Um, or it might not even be feasible because I have a sedan and trying to fit a snowblower back there would be very challenging and comedic for all the people around me. Um, you know, and then drive over in like three, four inches of snow and essentially like put yourself at, at risk. Um, when instead, you know, you might be able to just find someone who, um, you know, can do passes in the driveway if there's like above three inches of snow and that type of thing, sometimes you can actually find, um, companies that do, uh, you know, like landscaping in the summer and fall and that type of thing. And also plow, uh, in the winter time. So that might be able to find, uh, you might be able to find one, one person or one company to do both of those. And that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> um, that team right there should be a very solid start to get you started. So again, you have your handyman, electrician, plumber, grass slash snow person. Um, and then there are a couple more folks that I want to throw in here. Uh, a little bit less, less directly, more, more of an indirect, um, you know, kind of member of your team. But definitely, de uh, you know, someone that you want to have on your quote unquote board of advisors, uh, you know, in your investor journey. Uh, one of those being an attorney, because there are definitely, you know, situations that come up once in a while, um, you know, with tenants and, and leases and, um, you know, certain like legal situations that you definitely don't want to roll the dice on and hope things work in your favor. Um, so having an absolutely awesome attorney, on standby, um, you know, that you can just give a buzz or, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, definitely sharing a super good relationship with them uh, is, is key um, to be able to clear up some of those potential issues right away, uh, hopefully before things get out of hand. And so you don't have to take any, uh, you know, unnecessary risks <laughs> on yourself. Um, and then the last person in that team, guys, in super indirectly, is other investors in the area. So it may be a little bit daunting, especially if you just closed on a property, to you know find all of these types of roles and like you know looking through the phone book or um, you know like Thumbtack. Don't recommend that app, by the way. 
<laughs> different uh different podcast episode but um yeah i mean it's it may be a little daunting to like pick up all these folks and be a bit more proactive especially if like oh you know all of a sudden something happens you get a um a call for no hot water like you don't know what the hell to do you need somebody out there now because the tenants are going crazy it can definitely put you in kind of a stressful situation. Um, and that's where having other investor buddies, uh, especially in that particular neck of the woods, is ridiculously valuable. Um, because that's the beauty of it, guys. We are all in this investing game together. Many people own properties in the same market that you do, probably on the same street. And at some point or another, like you tend to just like find these relationships right and that's one of the beauties of of having a lot of friends that are uh, uh, landlords as well or just other you know plain uh, rental investors is um some of these teams are already pre-built you know and like sharing contractors is an awesome benefit you know to having having buddies being able to bail people out of you know potentially iffy situations is always key you know it's it's something that is um is absolutely awesome your it's like completely mutual you can give um create a lot of value for someone you know what i mean as well as other investors uh do for you you know if somebody needs an electrician stat because something's going on and you just happen to have a pretty awesome electrician make the connection guys you know give them their number and and that type of thing bail them out you know and like we're literally all in this game together you know, because a, a raising tide um, raises all boats. Uh, so, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's absolutely key, as well as going to other investors for general advice that may not necessarily be legal, like stuff that you want to ask your attorney, um, may not be maintenance related, may be more of an advice front, um, may be a, a shoulder to cry on if you have, you know, a lot of CapEx things hit you in the face at the same time been there done that <laughs> but you survive you know what i mean uh but yeah having other friends that are investors i can't speak highly enough of that um and yeah like always just be open and, and give advice and value and relationships with zero expectation of return and um you should be in a pretty good spot so number four is deploy who not how so who Not How is a book that is right behind me. You probably can't see it from here, or you won't see it at all if you're listening to this in the car. But it's an absolutely phenomenal book by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I had to look. That's why the audio sounded a little muffled. I should know this by heart because this book like punched me in the face, guys, like in an absolutely good way. <laughs> um, highly recommend it, by the way. But basically, to summarize the book in about 10 seconds, instead of asking yourself the question, how can I figure out this particular situation myself? How do I do this myself? Rephrase the question to who do I need to go to that can either do this, um, you know, fix this situation for me or help me find the person that can help me fix this situation. It's, it's a whole different dynamic as soon as you essentially flip that switch in your mind to delegating out a lot more, um, you know, of some of those things that do come up, maintenance calls, 
definitely being one of them, um, as well as, you know, comparing the value of your time and that type of deal. Um, who not how is absolutely everything. And what I alluded to a tiny bit uh, when I first got going was I have been delegating um, quite a bit a lot more recently because I ended up moving out of uh, Leminster, you know, and I, I moved back to my parents' house. So, yeah, you know, like, oh, you know, the, the drain's plugged. I could go to Home Depot, go pick up a snake, you know, drive 35 minutes to get there. Uh, you know, throw the snake in the drain, like hope it clears it up. It didn't. <laughs> um, because I say that story from experience literally last week. Um, because there was a clog that was like, you know, 20 feet down the run. And there was actually like two of them, which is crazy. And yeah. Um, you know, hopefully that you fix any random issue that comes up in a, a pretty small amount of time. There will be those times that it will kick the absolute crap out of you, um, as well as sometimes that you're going to put hours and hours of work into something, you know, trying to fix a maintenance call and you're not going to end up fixing it and you're not going to end up calling a professional anyway. So it's, I think, or I should say, I know that there is a dynamic to this um, because also like it may not make sense um you know for certain aspects to delegate it out depending on what it is um and especially you know if you're more stringent on a budget um you know and things are a little bit tighter maybe like the rents aren't up to market yet like like the spread is pretty small for how much you're netting every month it can very easily like yank out the little bit of cash flow that you do have but at the same time it allows you to keep your time so it's, it's one of those things that you always want to um, just keep in the back of your mind, but deploying who, not how will teach you a lot of lessons extremely fast. And one of the things that I've had to fight, and I'm curious how many of you guys have experienced this as well, is when I started to really push the envelope on who, not how, um, you know, within the past, like literally like month or two, um, there was a little bit of natural resistance, right? So yeah, you know, I did get that text from my MTR tenant saying that, uh, you know, my drain lines or, you know, my kitchen sink in that unit got a bunch of crap in it and, um, you know, the line clogged up. So there was definitely the resistance of like, you know, the natural inclination of like, oh, all right, you know, I'll, I'll be there in a couple hours, you know, like I'll, I'll go figure it out. But I decided to, I definitely paid a premium. Um, but I got it done absolutely ASAP. And the other part of that being, you know, with an MTR tenant, like, I don't know, I feel like you should be pretty on the ball with that type of thing, but I'm still learning about that. <laughs> um, but essentially, yeah, man, you know, so it's, it's one of those things to, um, to keep in mind is sometimes, you know, definitely run the scenario through your head whenever those unexpected events come up and you're off site. Of like, you know what, man, is it worth it for me to drive 35 minutes, an hour, two hours, like whatever the situation is to be like, oh, you know, you have no heat, you know, for like, what are you going to do? Like go on site and look at the boiler and be like, yeah, yeah, there's no heat, <laughs> you know, and you're going to end up calling the professional anyway, you know? Um, so yeah, just, just keep in mind the value of your time. There is definitely going to be growing pains to this, especially when the property isn't producing a crazy amount of money. 
that being said, keep your time extremely valuable and just determine where your time is best well spent and um, have some fun with it, you know. But I will tell you, I've definitely been forcing it a lot more, who not how, although I'm paying a little bit of a premium because I'm learning those lessons of basically testing out the strength of my operations as well as my boots on the ground team that I mentioned in the uh, the third takeaway and um, just seeing how the machine's running. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like that's something that can be applied in a lot of different ways, uh, whether it's in your real estate investment business, you know, delegating out different parts of the business or, you know, in different rental properties or in other ventures that, um, you know, you might be involved in, you know. Uh, and last but not least, number five, this one I do really like. Um, it's going to be dependent on the property, depending on how you're renting it, that type of thing. But that's to create a building automation system. So for those of you guys who aren't too familiar with it, it's essentially, it's used a lot more on like commercial properties, like much larger properties, office buildings, like basically, you know, You'll have systems and like sensors on ductwork, um, you know, like uh, controllers, a lot of like low voltage wiring, that type of thing. And it regulates like space temps everywhere, um, like discharge air temps coming out of air handlers, uh, return air, rum temps, that type of thing. Basically, you have a gauge on the physical ecosystem of that environment. Now, you know, there's companies out there like Johnson Controls that, you know, do this on a very large scale. And doing this is ridiculously expensive and in no way, shape or form could you use Johnson controls on like a residential house <laughs> because it's uh, it's very, very expensive and, and meant for big stuff. But that being said, you can definitely do some things to have a gauge on your property and what's going on from a distance without going that route. Like I said earlier, guys, it's freaking 2023. Everything has some sort of smart, you know, Wi-Fi hookup, whatever it is. So some of the things that you can do are uh, adding, um, you know, smart thermostats where you can, you know, monitor the room temps, that type of thing. Make sure that, you know, the heat's working in the wintertime and that type of deal. There's uh, if you're paying for oil tanks, like if you're doing if you have like, you know, one oil tank for like a couple units and like, you know, you're paying for heat or you're doing some sort of short-term rental or mid-term rental strategy where you are paying utilities, this is a good one. Um, I picked up on Amazon a, a Wi-Fi smart um, oil gauge that basically screws onto the top of your tank and it'll do some sort of like pretty scientifical um, <laughs> pretty scientific, like, uh, you know, connection type of thing. And it'll be able to monitor back to your phone and app on your phone, you know, how much oil is left in the tank, like send me reminders when it drops down to half, when it drops down to a quarter. Um, and that type of thing, it's absolutely friggin' awesome. Um, because that actually kind of falls into number three, I guess is, uh, you know, if you have oil, um, you know, one of the people on your team is definitely going to be an oil company. And you have to be able to monitor that from a distance because you definitely, you know, one, don't want to rely on the tenants for this. 
um, is it's, I feel like it's not really fair to them as well as you don't want to drive all the way to your building just to look at how much oil is in the tank and see if you need to make a phone call tomorrow or a little bit worse. If you forget about it, tank runs dry. You suck up a bunch of sludge into your lines in your, um, your boiler. And, uh, now all of a sudden you have a no heat call. <laughs> you definitely don't want to get that situation. Um, yeah, so I did this with the MTR because the utilities are my expense. So I have a mixture of smart thermostats. Um, I have the smart oil tank sensor. I also have had conversations with people about smart valves for domestic hot water um, or domestic you know, water in general. So these I haven't toyed with. Um, I'm not sure if it makes sense for residential properties being a lot smaller. Um, not sure if it makes sense for like to cut one into like each water heater um, or just throw one on like a main drain line, like have a plumber cut it in somehow. But I ha don't have experience with those quite yet, but they are absolutely out there and they have them on Amazon. <laughs> um, I have talked to a couple of people about it in the past. Again, I haven't done it myself yet, but I think it's extremely cool. So in the event that, you know, you have, uh, you know, a water heater brought out on you, you know, if you have like a pipe burst or something like that, these sensors will somehow pick up like an excess flow and it will shut. So basically, basically it could save you, you know, a shit ton of money from water, um, you know, a, a shit ton of cleanup and, and expenses there. The value of your time, again, going on site to clean up or paying somebody to go and clean it up. I think it's extremely cool. I haven't dabbled with them. Um, if you guys have, I would love to talk to you about it uh, and be more familiar. And then another thing that you could do as well that I've thought about that I haven't done yet is um, adding cameras in the basement. And just for the purpose of like, you know, shooting them at like your water heaters, at your boiler, um, you know, maybe like other areas of your basement that, you know, have potential to freeze in the wintertime and that type of thing. So you can basically like just have a gauge on like if crap's hitting the fan and you're, you know, 50 miles away somewhere else. So basically like, I think it's extremely cool, um, you know, to do this kind of thing. I think I paid roughly like a thousand ish bucks. Uh, the thermostats were about 300 total. They were like a buck 50 a piece, um, for a couple pro 8,000 thermostats. Um, the smart oil tank sensor, was uh, maybe like a buck 60 something like that and then oh i forgot the biggest one <laughs> um is having smart pin pad um door locks so you know when tenants move in and move out like you know going over there to change the locks paying a, a handyman to go over and change the locks ridiculous you know losing keys don't want that headache um, so one of the things that you can do, and I did do for the MTR, which I absolutely freaking love, is I picked up a Schlag encode. And again, there's a bunch of them out there. I absolutely love it. I'm not going to lie to you. I did pay like 300 or 350 bucks for the lock set. Um, but it came with a really nice one. And that allows me to see from my phone, you know, at home, because they have an app too. Um, you know, when the door is being open and closed, it allows me to put in certain codes for, uh, or I should say 
create certain like pin code combinations for contractors, for cleaners, for tenants. Like you can change codes from within the app and that kind of thing. Um, that, man, like those things are friggin' awesome. Originally, I was like um, a little skeevish because I already had spent a pretty fair amount of money on, you know, getting the MTR up and ready. But this, I couldn't picture myself doing it without it. Um, and I debate on even like putting these on my other two units. Not now, um, but there may be a day in the future where I do get that, you know, oh, help, I'm locked out, um, where I might second guess that decision. <laughs> um, yeah, these things are friggin' awesome, guys. It is a bit of money. Like I said, I think I spent roughly like a thousand-ish bucks um, across those devices, as well as the other thing, too. You will have to pay for internet, um, which is a kind of a different conversation, but obviously, like, none of this stuff will work and be able to connect to your phone if it isn't connected to a Wi-Fi source. So that is another added expense as well. Um, I have a plan with Verizon for like 50 bucks a month, I think, for like 200 megabytes or something like that. Um, seems to be doing okay. But yeah, um, that's pretty much it for now, guys. Like this, these were some immediate things that came to my mind after personally experiencing them. Um, again, this list continues to grow and be a lot more streamlined and optimized as time goes on. Um, yeah, because basically the goal is to stay the hell out of Lemonster, keep my tenants happy, keep the checks coming, keep everything automated, and be able to like dodge all of those maintenance calls, um, you know, that do come up by having kick ass operations and having the kick ass who's to be able to take care of the house that I simply just have to text if a tenant texts me, um, you know, that they don't have heat or you know, the drains clogged, whatever the heck it is. So I can just keep moving on with my day, text the plumber, text the electrician, handyman, whatever, have them go over there and fix it. And then jump on a call later on and either, you know, give them like a, a credit card number or, you know, just mail a check to their office or whatever the case may be and call it a day, you know, because um, that's the goal. And it's, it again comes from a bandwidth perspective because like guys, you, especially if you want to scale up, you don't want to be the guy or gal that's running over there for every little thing. You know, you want to be able to, to have the security deposits managed correctly. Um, you know, just in case you need to leverage some things, if certain particular situations with tenants happen, um, you need to be able to collect rents online and see what the hell's going on. If they're not there on the first. Maybe they're being processed. Maybe the tenant hasn't started yet. Like you just, you have a gauge on the entire system as a whole. And that being said, um, if you don't want to do something like this, like I mentioned earlier, I am marketing for six to hundred unit properties in Lowell, Lemonster and Worcester, looking to JV, um, you know, syndicate, depending on what the opportunities, how they present themselves, looking to collaborate with other people, guys. These systems I've learned over the past almost couple of years, they've worked extremely well for me so far. I spend a very, very minimal amount of time on site. Um, and I do actually, at some point in the near future, want to delegate out, um, you know, uh, communicating with tenants and that type of thing for the MTR and like sourcing, asking questions, like vetting potential tenants, that type of deal to uh, my coworker in the Philippines because that would be really cool 
to really be able to step back and, and optimize that. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, um, that's pretty much it for now, my friends. If you guys have more things or, you know, have thoughts on this, I would love to hear what you have to say about it. Um, yeah, I hope you guys, you know, picked up maybe a thing or two from this that helps you out, uh, allows you to be able to step back from your properties a bit more efficiently, have them take less time, keep the money coming, keep everybody happy, hunky-dory to allow you to free up your time to go look for that next property. Alrighty, my friends, thank you very much. Please, uh, if you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend, leave a rating and a review on the show. I would be incredibly grateful because I think this stuff um, is good to share with other people. You know, if you could send it to a friend or two, that type of thing. Um, if you want to talk about this, join the Creating Wealth Together Facebook group. There's over 640 people in there now, which is friggin' wild. Um, you know, where people are constantly talking in there every day. And um, yeah, my friends, I will see you in the next one. Goodbye. <laughs> That's a wrap for today's episode. We want to thank you for being a valued listener of the Creating Wealth Podcast. Make sure to visit www.creatingwealth.com to connect with us. Dive into our ever-expanding library of informative blogs. Get access to our private investor portal and explore a wide range of additional valuable resources. Stay tuned for our next episode as we continue to create wealth together.